This edition of the Generations Radio program originally aired in 2018. For additional shows on hundreds of topics, search our archives at generations.org. Welcome, my friends, to the Generations Radio Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today as we come back to a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to minister to the least of these, my brothers, he says. That's what he says in Matthew 25 in the parable of the sheep and the goats. He's concerned that we are ministering to the least of his brothers, and this is just so critical for the Christian faith. And about five years ago, we started a Christian family elder care aspect of the Generations Ministry for the thousands of families that are connected to our ministry, most of which are going to be helping their elderly parents and grandparents throughout the years, and we felt this was very important. And so we added the conference, uh, the website, the materials, and so forth. And as it turned out, just last year, my my own mother-in-law required intensive house care. So the Lord just said, hey, Kevin, it's time that you and Brenda sign up for the thing that you've been talking about now for five years. So so we have, uh, we've been brought into this area of family elder care ourselves. My wife is with her mother right now, and she's needing seven 24-hour care. And uh, it has been very intensive uh, as we and ourselves and Brenda's sister has been involved in this intensive care for for my mother-in-law. So as our parents grow older, and they certainly will need our special love and care for them in the final years, a preparation for heaven. And this uh, serves as a tremendous opportunity for us to honor our parents and grandparents and also to represent Jesus and, and to do what Jesus wants us to do, and that is to reach out to the least of these, my brothers and my sisters. And also the other aspect of this is our church is learning more and more how to find uh, these people, those that need to be visited in their distress and the times of difficulty and as they perhaps are put away into elder care facilities, perhaps away from their loved ones and others. As a church, we want to reach out more and more to the rest homes and the care facilities. And uh, our ministry has been reaching out, our church has been reaching out to at least four facilities in the surrounding counties, and I would encourage this increasingly for every church to find a way to reach out weekly to local elderly communities. The opportunities are all around us, and don't forget, we're going into a period of time in which 80 million baby boomers are retiring, and they will be populating these centers much more over the next 20 to 25 years. So the baby boom generation began retiring in 2011, and you can imagine what will happen over the next 30 years. So it's never been a more important time for the church to be engaged in these areas, and that's why we want to take up this topic again on the Generations broadcast today, the special topic of dementia. Uh, five million Americans have dementia at last count, and about 5% of those elderly at 65 years of age have some level of dementia. About 50% have some level of dementia by the time they reach 90 years of age. And that's why this subject is so important. And we want to touch on it on this edition of the program. A new book is just been released by Crossway called Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia. And the author is Dr. John Dunlop, who 
uh, works in geriatrics. He's uh, 37 years in medicine. He's got an MD degree from John Hopkins School of Medicine, and uh, he is the author of the new book, Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia. And Dr. John Dunlop now joins us on the Generations Broadcast. It's uh, good to have you with us today, Dr. Dunlop. Hey, this is my privilege. What an important book. It's going to probably affect the lives of millions and millions of people. I think of 80 million baby boomers. Of those, I don't know, maybe 25 to 35 million may at some point be afflicted by dementia. So we need to be up to speed on this. Why did you write the book yourself? You know, there's several reasons. Number one, I have a real passion to help God's people deal with end-of-life issues in ways that won't honor God. Mm-hmm. And so often that is just simply not done. Mm-hmm. And two, I deal with this in my practice day by day here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And three, I saw both of my parents go through dementia. Mm-hmm. Others and my grandparents and my time may come, so I wanted to let people know how I wanted to be him. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. This this may be something of an autobiography for you at some point. <laughs> As for me, now, why don't you define dementia for our listening audience? You know, literally, dementia, D means lack of, and ment means uh, our mental capacity, our brains. Mm -hmm. So it just means a deterioration in our brain function. Does it happen to everybody? Uh, It seems like as we get older, we forget where we left the keys, and we forget what our second cousin's first name was. Just something yeah, that that, that's part of normal aging that's okay. not assigned to dementia. Okay. Names and nouns are the first things to go. Okay. So so there is such a thing as normal aging, but uh, what is dementia in terms of it, how it's different from normal aging? You know, when it really begins to significantly impact our ability to function, okay. that's where you have to draw the line. Right. I think you describe it as having varying effects on people as well. I was reading the first chapter of your book, and you said there's there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, why don't you describe sort of the, the range of behaviors? Oh, you know, I, I think of the good is, is exemplified by a dear friend who was on the mission field all of her life, and she was in a nursing home because her husband couldn't take care of her. Mm. But she would be there frequently, talk with a group of people around her telling stories from Africa, slapping her thigh, getting everybody laughing, enjoying things. And I realized she had about three stories that she told over and over again. She loved them every time, and her friends who heard them loved them every time. They were new stories for them. Good. Yeah. Uh, then, then there was my mother, who I would describe as being kind of bad. My dear, loving mother, seeing her toward the end, she would get very upset and even strike out at people. Not good at all. And then I think of a patient of mine who just was absolutely impossible for his family to take care of because he would say one thing, and then five minutes later he would contradict it. He would give an order to have scrambled eggs, and then he would bawl his family out or not making him the French toast that he ordered, mm-hmm. and just really difficult. So this the whole spectrum can be there. I think it's accurate to say that dementia itself is not sinful, but people with dementia can sin you know, just like everybody else. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and sometimes without a real knowledge that that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate to correct them if they're doing the wrong thing, do you think, or...? I think there's a point where it is, but there's pretty soon we come to the point where 
we say, no, this isn't the person, this is the disease, Mm -hmm. and try to validate as much as we can what they're doing. Mm -hmm. There's a change in the personality, but is there any retention of the original person in the personality? Can you still identify the original person all the way to the end, do you think? I think as the disease progresses, it becomes more and more difficult. Mm -hmm. But there are remnants, and then sometimes there's just you see, just the opposite. Some of the most difficult to get along with people become really mild and gracious, and just the opposite. So kind of the good parts of our brains and the bad parts of our brains may deteriorate at different speeds. Can you describe what it would be like to experience dementia? I think a lot of people are afraid of this when it comes. How do you describe the experience as, as people begin to fall into increasing levels of dementia. Yeah. You know, first I would say that my perception, it's much more threatening to observe people with dementia than it is to experience it. Huh. They're usually not nearly as bothered, at least after the initial stages, as the observer is. Mm-hmm. But there, there are all these frustrations that they go through because they just aren't remembering like they used to. Mm-hmm. And that can be very difficult. Right. So they can be increasingly frustrated. What do you think is the purpose that God has for dementia? Obviously, God works all things to good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Can you think of ways in which God is working good in the patient, uh, even as they are going through this disease? There's certainly sometimes when you can see that. There's often a humility that comes with dementia, the recognition that we can't be in control of everything, all of those things are good in the life of the patient, but perhaps we see God work out his purposes more in the lives of the caregivers as they learn what unselfish love really means, as they learn what it depends to cry out to God in their desperation, as they learn to trust him when they can't control things themselves. As, and he works in the church as people in the church observe those with dementia and get involved in their care, they, they recognize that these people are still dignified, they are still made in God's image. For those who are Christians, they're still redeemed by Christ and loved by God. And, and those are profound lessons which we can learn through dementia. Hmm. One of the things we try to encourage is that families continue to reach out and perhaps even invite their aging parents into their own homes. What's your take on that? Are there circumstances where it works and circumstances where it does not work out? There are, and sometimes it's driven by financial considerations, which uh, are not necessarily something they can control. There are times when having uh, someone with dementia at home uh, can be helpful for all concerned, but there's other times where the family is busy, the, the Children of those with dementia also are taking care of their own children, often teenagers. Their lives are busy. They're out of the home a lot. They're not there really to provide the care that they should and uh, and meet their other obligations. So it's not a given that it's best to have the person with dementia in their children's homes. Hmm. Now, depression, I think you mentioned in the book, is one of the attendant aspects of dementia, or at least the early onset of dementia. How would you counsel the elderly concerning that? If they were starting to get depressed over the dementia, what would you tell them 
especially if you're a Christian counselor and providing some Christian counsel for, for them, what would you say? Yeah, if they're cognitively able to reason through things, uh, then I think we can start talking to them how God has his purposes, God's accomplishing his will, that they are still loved by Christ, that he is still their Savior, that he is using this as a way to prepare them for heaven in his glorious presence. Mm. But there comes a time when they're not able to comprehend some of those deeper truths, and at those times, I think it's wisest to use a medication for depression and at least stimulate some of those brain chemicals that become deficient when we really get depressed. Does demeanor and the just the general encouraging interaction from brothers and sisters in Christ or a um, son or a daughter who's caring for their parents, w- would that be helpful? They're, you know, upbeat and and encouraging to them. Is that is that helpful at all? Helpful, so long as it's remembered. Mm-hmm. But, but, oh, but right. Kevin, you, you know, our memories, are, we have so many different kinds of memories. Okay. And we have our memories of events, which tend to deteriorate pretty quickly. But we also have memories, emotional memories. We remember how we feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, like when I see a patient, may not remember what I tell them, but they'll remember that we laughed and that I gave them a hug. And they might remember that I talked to them about Jesus being with them, because that's in their emotional memory and not just in their memory of events. No, that's that's good to know. Those emotions hang in there over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they remember feelings much better than they remember facts. Well, as as we consider strategies for helping those with dementia, what are some good recommendations you could give to our listening audiences? Perhaps they're uh, parents are just beginning the early stages of the dementia. What, what would you say would be the best strategies to, to help them? Well, one of the first things you need to do is provide uh, deal with legal type issues. Make sure they have advanced directives, they have a living will. I think that they probably should, will want a do not resuscitate order uh, so as we don't just prolong a life that they would not want prolonged. We need to have family meetings to kind of divvy up who's going to take responsibility for what so that the the primary caregiver is not overwhelmed. We need to meet with the people from the church to either the pastors or the, the diaconate to see where the church can be involved. Those are all things that need to be done early. And, and then as, as the disease progresses, we need to begin to think about how can we show respect for the dignity of our loved one who has dementia? What would they like? What have they liked in the past? And how can we bring back some of those things? You know, if they always liked ice cream, let's give them some ice cream. Let's allow them to look at pictures from the past and hear stories from their early lives because they will still relate to that even though they won't remember what happened yesterday. And so we're improving the quality of their life by respecting their dignity. How do children honor their parents with dementia? We're to honor fathers and and mothers, and perhaps not to speak down to them, but at the same time, you know, perhaps we, we need to be treating them more like children and yet still treating them as our own parents. How does that work out? You know, I think phrasing things such as, like, uh, Dad, we really want to do this, don't we? Mm -hmm. 
or okay. dad can feel he's a part of that decision. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and hope okay. he'll say yes. Sure. Okay. Uh, but rather than just saying, Dad, we're going to do this. Yeah. So put it in the form of a question and expect that he's going to join in with our decision. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. You know, one of the questions that's been in the back of my mind, I haven't seen the scientific research concerning dementia, but uh, it, it, are there certain things that might cause dementia? Are there certain things that might hasten the onset of dementia? Well, then it depends on what type of dementia we're talking about. Okay. 80, 70% of dementia is Alzheimer's, and the answer there is probably no. Mm-hmm. There are things we might do to slow it down, but nothing that we really know is going to cause it. But... 20% of dementia is caused by multiple strokes, uh, what we call vascular dementia. And there, everything we can do to prevent strokes, like controlling blood pressure, eating a heart-healthy diet, minimizing stress, and so often they're related to little clots that break off when the heart is beating irregularly, a condition we call fibrillation. And getting on a blood thinner to prevent those clots can be extremely helpful in forestalling the dementia. I've heard that dementia can result in death. How, how does that work? Is it just that functions begin to uh, not function as they used to? Yeah, usually it's people start getting weaker and they don't eat as well. Their immune system begins to be compromised because of their nutrition. With muscle weakness, they may choke on their food and aspirate, get, get into a pneumonia because of that. Then they're immune system doesn't handle it as well, and that is a common cause for end of life, or or they just stop eating and basically die uh, from the complications of malnutrition. Well, as we wrap up this interview, Dr. Dunlop, I'd kind of like maybe a, an example of, of how someone might finish strongly, or you know how a family might handle dementia rightly and finish strong. How would you describe uh, the handling of this disease in a good way? Yeah. You know, I think we need to recognize that it's a terminal disease. It's a disease that people are going to die from. It's the way God's going to take people home. Mm. And we really don't want to subject them to aggressive medical life-prolonging or death-delaying Uh, interventions. We want to keep them at home. I think it's wonderful to have hospice involved to, as they're coming to the end of life, having a time to celebrate together the life which God has given and not try to hold them back. Mm. One of my phrases in dealing with Christian people who are coming to the end of life is, you know, heaven's not so bad we have to fight too hard to keep out. (laughs) I love it. You know, it's God calling us home and and Mm. We don't need to resist it. We don't need to use a bunch of aggressive medical interventions. In fact, I think we're absolutely wrong to do that. My son is involved on a weekly basis in bringing devotionals to several rest homes in the Parker, Colorado area. And one of the things I tell him is, be sure to mention heaven and sing a heaven song. Every Sunday, sing a heaven song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. You know, sing the heaven songs. And I think that's that's a good thing. And no offense to your son, but they won't remember anything he says. Yeah. But they'll remember what they're saying. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you very much. And I want to recommend the book to, to everybody. 
to anybody who has an aging parent. Uh, the book is Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia. The author is Dr. John Dunlop, who's been with us today on the Generations Broadcast. Dr. Dunlop, we appreciate your time, and may the Lord bless this book uh, to encourage many, many, many people. Well, thank you for your encouragement. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 